0: Hey Calvary Church, Tim and Anthony from Isaac Improv here with your social media
1: proverb tip of the day. Proverbs 2019 says, Avoid anyone who talks too
0: much. Mm. This is particularly true on social media. The last thing you want is to be friends with somebody who posts or talks too much. It's easier just to unfollow them, it doesn't stop them from doing it. But at least you don't have to deal with it anymore. It is totally exhausting. I have this buddy, Kevin, who's not even my buddy. He was my roommate in college's buddy. Because uh-huh. uh, I went to community college for a couple of years, but then I ended up transferring because they only had English Lit, and I didn't want that to be my major. Yeah, sure. So the first time I met my roommate, we all go out for sushi, and I'd never had sushi before because I'm deathly afraid of sharks. Unfollow. so. Follow. I go to the doctor. Doctor says, "Sorry, pal, you got to pass that kidney stone." Block. <sighs> <That> was... <sighs> Sometimes you got to do what you got
1: to do. Funny guy that Anthony, isn't he? It's good to have him on staff. Um, my name is Dave Rice. It is always a privilege for me to fill the pulpit of the man who is my pastor. My boss and my brother, Dr. Willie Rice. Uh, I'll try to do a good job. Before I get started, I want to ask permission for a couple of things from the congregation. <clears throat> Number one, I wrote the sermon today for them. So may I have your permission just to preach to them? Is that okay? All right. And you can listen, of course, but I'm going to preach to them. And just to show you, I mean, when I say I'm going to push my table over here to this side of the stage. All right, Because I want to preach to you guys. A second thing I want to get everyone's permission for, though, is I feel like I want to say some things to these guys that, is, that are kind of blunt. Uh, may, maybe touch on some topics that you don't often hear discussed on a Sunday morning. I just feel like they're in a position in their life where I, I need to say these things to you. And they may make you squirm a bit, but can I have your blessing to speak freely? Uh, to these kids about uh, their future in Christ. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, before I start, guys, I want to uh, I want to pray. Will you join me? Father, I thank you for the privilege that falls to me to speak to these kids on this sacred day. I am wholly unworthy of that privilege, but I ask that you fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I may speak words of truth and courage. To these beautiful young people sitting here poised on the brink of a lifetime. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to share with you my perspective on this moment in your life. I grew up in this church. So 34 years ago, I sat in the same position you are. I came up in this church. I was headed to the I graduated from Seminole High School in 1985 and went to the University of Florida. Where's Joseph Hill? Shout out to Warhawk Nation. There you go. What dorm are you going to be in? Okay, that's a good one. I was just going to say, stay away from Rawlings. You don't want to go there. But um, so 34 years have passed between that day and this day. And I thought to myself as I prepared this sermon, what could someone have said to me 34 years ago that would have been of use to me? And that's the message that I bring to you today because here's the reality. My message is called How to Walk Wisely. Because you're going to walk to get your diploma, just as you walked across this stage, and then you're going to walk out into the world, and you're going to be called upon to make the most substantial decisions, the most impactful decisions over the course of the next few years that you will ever make. And you are in no way equipped to do that. You you haven't acquired a lifetime of wisdom that gives you the perspective to make those decisions, but you're going to have to make them anyway. They're going to shape your destiny. So I want to read to you a passage of Scripture, just one verse from the book of Proverbs that talks about how to walk in wisdom. It's in Proverbs chapter 13, if you want to read along with me. And uh, I'm just going to read one verse, but it's our custom here. Even if it's just one verse, we stand in honor of the reading of God's Word. Would you stand with me? This is what Proverbs thirteen twenty says. Please listen carefully. The one who walks with the wise will become wise but a companion of fools suffers harm the word of the lord you may be seated just out of curiosity before i get started we had baby dedication last week graduate recognition this week were any of you dedicated in this church as babies i mean i know you wouldn't remember but were any of you born into this church raise your hand so i can see that's kind of cool, I think. That's, I, I like that. That speaks uh, to the life of the church, and it's a beautiful thing. So here's, i got four things I want to say to you about how to walk wisely. The first is this. Watch out. Watch out. Now think about this for a second. When, when would someone say to you, hey, watch out? It's when there's danger, right? There's a threat. So what I want to say to you is that there is danger out there. There is danger in the world. It's not always a safe place, but I don't say this to you so that you will be fearful. I do not want you to be fearful, but I want you to be watchful. Let me give you three things to watch out for. Number one, I want you to watch your heart. Watch your heart. And when I say that, obviously I'm not talking about the muscle, I'm talking about the core of your motivations. I'm talking about the desire of your heart. So I want to ask you a question right now, and I want you to think about the answer. What do you want out of life? What do you desire out of this life? And if you don't know yet, I challenge you to answer the question today or very soon before you embark upon your journey into adulthood. Because it is the desire of your heart which will set the trajectory of your life. The things that you desire ultimately will determine the life that you live. And I want to tell you something. You think you have a lot of time to figure this out, but you don't. Life passes far more quickly than you could possibly imagine. Can I get a witness from the old folks? In no time at all, you'll be standing where I am, looking at young people, and your life will be a lot of it will be behind you. Those decisions will have been made, and their impact will have been felt. And the person that you are going to become, you will have already become, and your legacy will be largely determined. So, figure out the answer to this question. It is the key to all others. What do you truly desire to get out of this life? Most people's desire fits into one of three categories. Either they want to feel good. That's a big one. People like to feel good. You know what I'm talking about? Catch a buzz, hook up, have adventures. Just feel good, man. A lot of college students set their sights upon that. I just want to feel good. Some people set their sights on making money and acquiring the things that money buys. Some people set their sights on being important, being judged worthy by others. Those three things usually sum up the desires of most people. They either want to feel good, they want to make money, or they want to be important. And I want to tell you why I think all three of those are bad choices. Don't set your heart on those things. Listen, there's nothing wrong with feeling good. I like to feel good. There's nothing wrong with having money. I hope you make plenty of it. And I hope you remember your church when you do. And there's nothing wrong with being important, man. I love when people look right at me and talk about how groovy I am or whatever. But none of those things will ultimately fulfill you. You'll never have enough of any of them. You will be chasing them all your life until the day you die and you will realize it was an empty pursuit. There is more to life than those three things. I offer you this word of warning. Of caution. look. I'm going to look back at verse 9 from the same chapter I just read from. The light of the righteous shines brightly, but the lamp of the wicked is put out. That verse speaks to your destiny, where you're headed down this road. So I want you to determine the desire of your heart, and I want to offer you an alternative to the desires that most pursue. I want to ask you to set the desire of your heart today on living a life that is pleasing to God who loves you so much that he sent his son to save you. Set your sights on living a life that is pleasing to God, being pleasing to God and the result will be that you will live a life full of joy, full of love, full of peace, full of faith, full of hope, full of relationships and ultimately a life that will last forever. And that's what it boils down to, you see. Because someday... Many, many years from now, I hope and pray, you will stand before God. And when you do, one of the things you're going to have to acknowledge is, Lord, I failed you so many times. But what you could be able to say to him is, Lord, I know I failed so many times, but I lived my life. I gave everything I had while I was on earth to please you. The life that I chose to live was a life that I believe would bring honor and glory to your name. If you set your heart, listen, you will make a ton of mistakes in your life, okay? Right now, you're just wonderful potential, but you're going to make some mistakes, and you're going to pick up some scars. But if you set the desire of your heart right now and say, the desire of my heart, what I want more than anything out of this life, is to live a life that is pleasing to my Creator and my Heavenly Father and my Lord Jesus Christ. That will guide you into the truth. Set your heart. Decide right now what it is that you want out of this life, and it will be your guide. Watch your heart. The second thing I want you to watch are your habits. Watch your habits, kids, okay? And the reason I say this is because, well, let me say something first. There are three versions of you. There's the version of you that you think you are. Okay, you have a perception of yourself inside your head. But it's not exactly true. Have you figured this out yet? There's the you that you think is, but isn't quite. It's close, but it's not quite. Have you ever looked at a photograph of yourself and said, wait, I don't look like that? Does that ever happen to you? happens as you get older, okay? Because the reality is, it happens to me all the time, the reality is I'm just not as good looking as I think I am. And the camera doesn't lie, okay? This is it. i got to live with it. So there's that version of of you that you think you are. There's another version of you that you present to others, right? You, you, You gussy yourself up a little bit for public consumption. You put on the best part of you. But that's not you either, and you know that. The truth about who you are, ultimately, you are what you do. You are what you do. Like it or not, the things that you do define who you are. And the things that you do every day become habits. Habits form character. Character determines destiny. So watch your habits. And let me tell you, let me just be specific about why I'm saying this. Everybody knows, it's a cliche. Kids grow up in a Christian home. They go off to college. How many of you are leaving town in the next few months to go to school or pursue a career? Okay, a lot of you, most of you. So what happens is kids, they grow up in church, they leave home, they go to school, and all of a sudden it's Life without a chaperone, baby. Let's go get it. And uh, just don't do that. Don't don't be that cliche. Don't go off to school and start drinking and partying and hooking up and and doing those things that are corrosive to the spirit. It's easy, but it's worthless. It's pointless. It leads to nothing. All right? And let me tell you something. Every worthless 40-year-old drunk I know started out as a glamorous 18-year-old party boy. You hear what I'm saying to you? These things have a way of becoming habits. Watch your habits when you go away to school. One very specific thing I want to say is stay away from pornography. Pornography has become an epidemic in your generation. You know this. And it's not because you're morally flawed. It's because you have access that is unprecedented in human history. When I was your age, pornography was hard to acquire. And if you didn't want it, it was pretty easy to avoid it not so with you. Don't go down that road. It's a habit that will eat away at your soul. It's a bottomless pit, and it will ruin you for genuine intimacy that God has planned for you. Don't form bad habits when you go away to school. Form good habits. Pray and read God's Word every day, even if you do it for 60 seconds. 60 seconds alone with the Lord is a thousand times better than nothing. Spend some time with God every day. Get in the habit of Loving the people around you, of being generous, of being kind, reaching out to others, helping others. Do the things that make a walk with God. Let those be your habits. Let that form your character and let that determine your destiny. I promise you, I promise you, you will never regret that. Never. There's plenty you can do at college that you will regret. But everything you do, listen to this, everything you do in life boils down to either a story you can tell Or a secret you must keep. You don't want to build up too many secrets you got to keep. Go out there and do things that will make you proud. Things that will represent the desire of your heart, which is to live a life that is pleasing to God. Third, watch who you hang with. Watch who you hang with. Back to the verse we started with, verse 20. Uh, I mean, verse... uh, I'm sorry, I lost my place. Yeah, verse 20. A companion of fools... Will suffer harm. Watch who you hang with. A companion of fools is going to suffer harm. Well, what's a fool? That's easy. A fool is somebody who doesn't watch out, a fool is somebody who doesn't watch their heart and doesn't watch their habits. You can spot them a mile away. Don't run around with fools because the companion of fools suffers harm. What's the harm? You're, you show me your friends and I'll show you your future. That's where you're headed. So don't run around with fools. Let me tell you my story real quick. When I went to school, University of Florida, I grew up in this church. I had a heart for God when I left this place to go to Gainesville, but I got lonely. I didn't know anybody. I didn't have any friends. I'm kind of an introvert. It's hard for me to make friends. So I fell in with the wrong crowd. I started running with fools because nobody's easier to hang around with than a fool. Can I tell you that? You pound a few beers and everybody's best friends. Running around with fools is easy. It's a low bar. And so for a couple of months, I did that. But God's spirit convicted me and said, David, son, I did not save you for this. This is not who you are. It's not who you were meant to be. Wake up and be the man I called you to be. And thankfully, God saved me out of that. But the temptation will be there to run around with fools because it's easy, but don't do it. And can I say this? This is very important. That admonition, not to run around with fools, it applies to who you date as well. You hear me? Especially to who you date. And parents, I want to give you permission. If, if one of these kids brings home somebody they ought not to bring home, somebody they ought not to be dating, just look right at them and say, why do you bring this fool into my house? <laughs> do not... Connect your life with foolish people or you will share their fate. The companion of fools always ends up suffering harm. So watch your heart, watch your habits, and watch who you hang with. My second point is this. The A stands for attend church, which is a facile way of saying what I really want to say, which is commit yourself to the church. I just wanted to preserve that. Acrostic, which is dumb, but whatever. I want you to commit yourself to the church. And the reason I say this is because so many who grow up in church when they leave home stop commit their commitment to the church. The number is depressing, and I'm asking you, don't don't be that guy. Commit yourself to the church. To do that, you must understand what it is and what it is not. The church is not a building. God doesn't look down at His church and say, "Whoa, they got pretty buildings." He doesn't care about that. It's not preachers or singers. The Bible teaches us that the church is the body of the living Lord Jesus Christ in this earth. It transcends time and space. It exists in every nation. is spoken in every tongue. There are two and a half billion of us living on the earth today, and over the centuries past, there have been millions more that have called on the name of Jesus. All of them are part of the church. All of them are part of us. We are the body of Christ on earth. Many years ago, you may have heard this story, when Jesus was on the earth, he asked his disciples one day, he said, guys, what's the buzz out there? Who are, what are people saying about me? And they said, well, they think you're a prophet. And Jesus said, okay, I get that. What about you? Who do you say? that I am. And the apostle Peter, perhaps the boldest of the apostles, stepped forward and said, Jesus, I believe you are the Christ, the chosen one of God, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, Peter, you are blessed. God has revealed this to you, and I'm going to make you a promise. Based upon that declaration, upon that rock, I will build my church. And then he said something outrageous to a ragtag bunch of losers with no money, no power, no influence, no fame, nothing. He said, I'm going to build this church so that the gates of hell itself will never prevail against it. That's what the church is. It is worthy of your commitment. I'm not talking about this church or any individual church. I'm saying commit yourself to the idea that you will go through this life partnered with the body of Christ across time and space. Make your commitment to that, and it will enrich your life and strengthen you for the journey. Now, it won't be easy. You'll pick up scars along the way. People will hurt you. People will let you down. They'll disappoint you. But you know what? Every scar I've got, I got in church, but that's because I live my life in church. If I'd live my life in bars, I'd just have a different set of scars. Everybody gets them. But make the commitment, not because of the people, but because of the Savior who called us out. Make your commitment to that body of Christ. Make your commitment to the church. I'm asking you. I'm begging you. On the first Sunday in your college town that you're there, go find you a church to worship with, connect with a group, find people there that you can journey with. They will strengthen and encourage you along the way. So commit to the body of Christ. Point number three, the C, uh, the L, I want you to learn from others along the way. Learn from others along the way. Just as a companion of fools uh, suffers harm, the one who walks with the wise will become wise. So what's wise look like? Easy, again, wise is someone who does watch out, someone who watches their heart. And their desire to create a life that honors God, who watches their habits, who watches who they hang with. That's how you spot wisdom. And again, let me remind you, if you show me your friends, I'll show you your what? Future. If you run around with fools, you'll suffer their fate. If you run around with people who are wise, you will grow stronger. This requires that you be discerning. I'm not telling you to be a judgmental jerk. But you must be discerning. Jesus is quoted, uh, Jesus did say, and is often quoted as having said, Judge not, lest ye be judged. So I don't want you to be a judgmental person. But you know what the very next thing Jesus said? He said, Don't cast your pearls before swine. So what he's saying is, Don't be judgmental, but some people are pigs. (laughs) I mean, isn't that what that means? Don't cast your pearls before swine. Be discerning. Don't be judgmental, but be discerning. Stay away from mean people, cynical people, immoral people, and stupid people. And I don't mean people whose IQ may be lower than you. I'm talking about people who act stupid, people who do stupid things. Instead, attach your focus to those who will help you grow and learn and make you stronger. By the way, this applies to your intake of media as well. What you watch, who you follow, what you listen to, what you read. All of these things influence you in subtle ways over time. Take care of who gets inside your head. Don't let people inside your head that will tear you down. Instead, seek out those who are wise and learn their counsel. I have one more point I want to make, but before I do, I want you to hear a story. Austin, can you make your way up here? I'm going to put you center stage, Austin, because I want the whole congregation to hear your story. Austin Street Matter... I love this kid. He's part of our graduating class, graduating from CCHS, Calvary Christian High School. He's the, the son of his proud parents, John and Michelle Streetmatter. Right there they are. Wave at them. And uh, he's got a story I want you to hear. So take it.
0: Thank you. Um, good morning.
1: Uh, I'm Austin, like you said. Um,
0: uh, and uh, I was raised in a Christian home my entire life. Uh, I have two brothers, an older and a younger one. We all grew up the same, church on Sunday, church on Wednesday, praising the Lord all the day long. Um, <laughs> and so I learned from a very young age that if you had a good supporting family, a good supporting group of friends and Jesus, there's nothing that could stand in your way, nothing that could come in front of your path. And for nine years, I believed that to the fullest and lived it to the fullest. And then in 2009, uh, at Thanksgiving, ooh, I, uh, my red right leg just started shaking, going nuts. I was trying to enjoy some turkey, and my leg just started shaking like crazy. Um, and I couldn't stop it. It was just shaking all the day long, and I was a little upset because I was looking like a fool in front of Thanksgiving dinner. Um, and I tried tucking it under my chair, and that didn't work. I was really concerned because this was something random. I'd never had anything like this. Is that your phone, Mom? Are you kidding me? Oh my goodness. All right, okay. Oh my goodness. Anyways, um, about two weeks after this Thanksgiving dinner, um, my symptoms worsened, and I lost the ability to sit or lay down. And so uh, that began the journey of probably the worst two years of my entire life. Um, As I said before, I couldn't sit or lay down, so I was standing from when I woke up until I fell asleep from complete exhaustion in my dad's arms and he laid me down. I'd wake up the next morning, squirm and roll out of bed and re- repeat the process. And so I, I really began to have a faith conflict internally of, I'm this great kid, I've been to church, I've done everything right. Why me? Why did you choose me to put this burden on why couldn't you have picked someone else? Do you had to pick me? Are you serious? And so I, I got a little upset. I'm not going to lie. I was a little mad at God. I thought, this ain't cool, bro. Um, and so we, uh, we began searching, searching for answers, as you do when you're confronted with any problem ever. Um, and we found the uh, Movement Disorders Clinic up in Gainesville, Florida. And we went in, they looked at me and diagnosed me with type DYT1 dystonia, which is a neurological disorder that um, attacks the muscles in the body. And it's very similar to how Parkinson's is except instead of the muscles being relaxed, they're contracted all the time. And so because of this, I spent every waking hour of the day flexing 24-7. And so I had great looking muscles, but I had I was so skinny, and so I felt really outcast for my friends, outcast for my people, because I couldn't, I was an athletic guy, I loved sports, but I couldn't play sports because if I played them, I'd trip and fall and get hurt, or I'd get really mad, and so I began a period of solidarity where it was just me versus the world, which is so wrong, but it's how I felt. Um, And so we found um, a medicinal treatment that started to work and worked for about two months, and then my body grew immune to it, and we were back to square one looking for answers again. And uh, we ended up discovering a surgery called deep brain stimulation where two metal wires were planted deep into the brain and connected to battery packs in the chest that override the brain's electrical signals and give me control back. And so... um, after after the surgery, I came out of surgery and they turned the system on, and all the shaking—that's well, scared me too. Oh <laughs> my goodness! And all the shaking stopped. I just I was back to normal again. At least I thought I was, but then I realized something: I was never going to go back to the old me. And I'm glad. I don't want to go back to the old me. Because the old me doesn't have the knowledge that I have now. I've been through it all. Physical pain, mental pain, sadness, loss of a loved one, everything. Aloneness, all of it. But I wouldn't trade it for anything because it's given me one of the greatest gifts I could ever imagine. I went through it by the love of my Heavenly Father bestowed upon me. And now I've been able to relate to almost anything anyone else is going through. And so I am blessed with the ability that because I went through such a struggle, I can be open to helping those around me when they're going through times of struggling. And so in life, for me, um, I pride myself on that now, that my friends can come talk to me about anything and I can relate to them. Because support is the number one thing. As Pastor Rice said earlier, joining a church community, that's huge in my life. Um, And so, to all the parents out there, thank you for all the support you give to your kids. Mine have been super supportive to me. Um, For the church body, thank you for everything you do. Because even though you may not know who I am until this morning, the power of Christ is greater than any power on earth, anything And your, your constant prayer, whether it be for me, for someone else, or just thank you that I get to go and spend another day on this earth breathing, furthers the kingdom. And that's what I've taken to be my mission of. I've, I've been to this, and my why did you choose me has changed from I've been chosen, for whom do I serve? Where do I go? Who needs help? What can I do to help them? And so that's what I've put my mind to. And I've been blessed with this opportunity because God is good all the time.
1: Two standing up, Way to go, brother. I just have to say, is that your phone mom is the line <laughs> of the day. <clears throat> Let me tell you why I want you to hear that story. Some of you know it. My last point is this. I want you to watch out and I want you to watch your heart, your habits, and your friends. I want you to commit yourself to the body of Christ. I want you to learn from wise people. But before and beneath all of that, is my last point. I want you to know God. Because if you don't know God for yourself, you will not make it through the trials that are inevitable in your journey. You may not face trials just like that, but you're going to face trials. And the faith, that, the faith of your parents will not sustain you. The faith of this church will not sustain you. The only thing that will sustain you is a relationship with the living God through faith in the person of Jesus Christ. But if you will put your faith in Jesus Christ and lean into your relationship with God, you will have the strength and the courage to surmount anything that is before you, whatever it is, whenever it is, for however long it is. God has a great plan and a great journey ahead of you. Put your faith in him and commit to a life that is honoring to him. And he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. We're going to close our service here in just a minute. And here's how I'd like to do it. We've got a few minutes left. And I want to close out with a a time of prayer and an invitation to respond. If you're in this room, student, old man, whatever. And you've never done that, never put your faith in Christ. You never made that decision to say, the desire of my heart, what I want out of this life is a life that honors God. I want to give you an opportunity to say that today. There's a card not far from you in the back of the seat in front of you or one nearby. It looks like that. And it's an opportunity for you to say, yeah, I want to do something on my journey of faith today. There's different things you can choose. But you can fill it out right now. and In just a minute, we're going to take up our offering. We do this every Sunday. It's our privilege to support kingdom work here. If you're a guest, don't worry about it. So we're going to do that. We're going to sing a song of worship together. We're going to pass those plates, give you an opportunity to respond. While we worship, the altar is open. If you want to come down and pray, somebody pray with you, whatever. But let's enter into this moment. Of worship and response together. Let me pray. God, thank you so much for the privilege. And by the way, our volunteers, you guys can get yourselves in place while I'm praying. God, we thank you so much for the privilege that's ours to be a part of this church family. We thank you and praise you for these beautiful young people and the journey that awaits them. We thank you for the privilege of responding to the grace you have bestowed and ask that you be glorified in our response. As we worship you one more time in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Let's stand together and worship. Worthy
0: is the Lamb who was slain, worthy is the King.
1: Uh, great, great morning uh, this morning, and thank you so much for being here. Graduates, we're so proud of you, just so proud of you, and uh, and look forward to what God accomplishes in and through your life in the days, weeks, months, and years to come, and church, make, make sure, remember, Be faithful to lift them up in prayer. And if you'd like to be involved in one of our age-graded ministries or an area of service and serve on a team here at our church, we would love to have you join uh, our team. Make make your way to the Next Steps area on your way out. If this is your first time, don't forget we have a gift that we'd like to give you and your family. I personally would love to meet you and your family uh, before you head out this morning. God bless you, and we'll see you next week.